Hello and thank you again for joining me, Andy Jones, on the Cafe Hustle podcast. And today we're going mobile. We're talking about mobile coffee businesses and we're going to chat with Med Boxwell, who is a new entrant into the sphere of the coffee industry generally, but also in a mobile sense. So in this episode, we're going to talk with Med about his story before he got into coffee. And I know a lot of people will notice the people we talk to, there's a lot of diverse backgrounds in those businesses. But we're also going to touch on the issues he's faced in terms of growing it, growing his business in the face of the pandemic, but also the unique challenges that you're faced with in operating from a vehicle. We're also going to get into the specific issues and the specific hurdles that Med has has faced uh, operating a mobile business that you may not always have in a brick and mortar store. Finally, as well, we touch on mental health and how individuals, how us as business owners can deal with the struggles that we face in operating our business, especially over the last two years where we've had so many ups and downs. So we touch on that, which is really important as this week, it's the UK Mental Health Awareness Week. So we're going to jump straight into this episode as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsor. Running a hospitality business is hard. There's no getting away from that. But getting your systems documented can make it so much easier for our lives as owners and managers. So this is where Trainual comes in with its intuitive and easily editable and accessible platform really helps you to record and share your SOPs, checklists and other systems with your employees. Head to thecafehustle.com slash trainual for a free trial and try and find out exactly how it works for you. But you can also get 10% off your first 12 months. Med, thank you for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. How are you? Very well, thank you. Having a lovely, lovely day. Yeah, it's uh, spring is showing its face. I think some had a taste of it so far, but it's uh, summer's not far away. So today we're going to be talking about your your coffee concept and i'll let you jump get into more about that in a minute but starting off what's your personal mission what is it that drives you to do what you do um my personal mission is pretty much to help change people's coffee habits um taking them away from ridiculously huge uh, milky coffees or watered down coffees to um slightly smaller coffees that they can actually taste that's that that's the whole driving uh, force behind make it so coffee so your journey into make it so were what was your career before you started up your coffee business so for uh, over 20 years i've actually been in the aviation industry would you believe um i started off when i was much much younger wanting to be a pilot in the raf um, didn't manage to get that dream, but I did get into the RAF uh, for six or so years. Um, then left and joined Nats National Air Traffic Services as an air traffic controller. Ended up then moving into um, what's called instrument flight procedure design, which is basically all the ins and outs of um, aircraft going into airports. Um, I spent 10 years designing all the routes to make sure they don't hit trees or buildings on the way down. It's never good. The passengers don't like that. Um <laughs> And then we're sort of coming to the end of that career and I started to think about coffee and I'll go into um, where the coffee came from in a minute. But um, yeah, I then spent two years at Heathrow Airport climbing around in the belly of um, aircraft, um, just basically doing the sort of uh, baggage handler and um, dispatch jobs 
which was fantastic. And then the pandemic hits, and I thought, what a fantastic time to start my own business. <laughs> You're talking about Nats there, and it's the and my layman's understanding it's about the transition across for the North Atlantic. But actually, on the Isle of Man here, we've got a, a station at the top of Snaefell, I believe. So it's a, a mm. bit of a connection there, and a bit of a tangent, I know. But <laughs> so <laughs> now make it so. Tell us about what it is and what your concept is around that. Okay. So basically about, must be about seven or eight years ago now, um, I, I used to be a, um, a hazelnut latte drinker um, with my good friend. Um, and I went to, um, went to Spain. And in Spain, um, I had a uh, coffee called a cortado, which is literally a shot of espresso with the same amount of milk cut into it. And it was it was like a revelation in my head, to be quite honest. Um, I could taste the coffee. It was wonderful. It was strong. It was just perfect. And when I got back to the UK, uh, went down to, um, uh, I can't remember what it was, probably Costa or something like that. And I went back to having my latte. It was just coffee flavored milk <laughs> and that just got me thinking about coffee and the more I explored into it the more I thought actually I, I want to get into this I want I, I want to be able to take that revelation that I had and pass it on to other people so I started thinking about maybe opening a coffee shop after my um, um, career came to an end with Nats um, that didn't happen for various reasons mainly family money time usual sort of reasons and to be fair, I was scared. You know, I'm quite happy to admit that. A um, couple of years down the line, you know, somebody suggested, why don't I go mobile? So I started thinking about going mobile, researched into it, um, and then thought I need to be unique. I need to stand out in the market. You know, there's a lot of horse boxes out there. There's a lot of trikes. There's a lot of similar vehicles. Um, so I went, well, why don't I go for a pickup truck? You know, no one's done a pickup truck. Um, it's a four by four. I could go up a mountain, <laughs> you know, yeah, the climbers climbing up a mountain and at the top going, oh, I need a coffee. Oh, look, there's make it so, you know, so I've got, um, I've got my Navara, um, got the, uh, got the conversion done. It's totally bespoke, totally unique. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much how make it so coffee started. So it's basically in the back of your Nissan Navara. What sort of equipment have you got crammed in? Cause it's not, as such, you you don't stand in the in the bed of the the truck, do you? It's it's sort of a fold no, out, not. pop out. What sort of so, equipment have you got? Yeah, so um, on the back of the actual truck bed is a completely um, bespoke um, unit that's been put on top, um, and in that I've got a two group um, Astoria coffee machine um, and a uh, very nice grinder. Um, with all the gubbins, so that this the phrase I like to use. Uh, I've got larger batteries. I've got my converter. I've even got a sink for hot water. And then underneath that, I've got my water tank, my wastewater tank, and where my gas goes. And it's all completely self-contained. It is an absolutely amazing conversion. Um, and to serve it, I've got tables. I've got a little awning that I put up um, and really just, you know, act as if I'm a little coffee shop off the side of the truck. It is a fantastic little setup. Mobile coffee brings its own challenges, doesn't it? And no doubt we'll talk about that a bit more later on. But let's talk about branding then. How, where do you fit your branding into 
your your brand story, basically. So um, I'm I'm a very big science fiction fan, um, as is my uh, my partner, and um, she actually started up her own business called Make It So Creations. Uh, Make It So is the catchphrase of um, uh, Captain John Luke Picard out of Star Trek: The Next Generation, um, and it was kind of no no brainer really. So we've got Make It So Creations, and it's like right, Make It So Coffee. One of the one of the things I've got on the van is a very galaxy sort of style uh, wrap um, on the conversion bits to to fit in with that, um, with a thought to hopefully getting into convention, sci-fi conventions, things like that at some point down the future. We've got a lot of ideas for that. It's just getting in is the hard part. Um, on a day-to-day sort of basis, the, the science fiction doesn't really come into it that much. You know, the focus is on the coffee. Um, but I do hope to get into a sci-fi convention one day um, and hopefully, um, you know, go completely and utterly geeky. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you say, it fits. That's part of what your inspiration is. And, and to serve that community, the sci-fi community, will it'll certainly, from your point of view, probably more really rewarding to be involved at that level. It, it would be absolutely amazing. Um, the way the uh, truck's set up on the back as well is that it almost looks like it's got gullwing doors um, coming out the back where the conversion is. Um, and uh, me and my uh, me and my fiance, we actually want to um, make a uh, uh, a starship. Um, I don't know if you know anything about Star Trek, um, but for for all of those out there that do, uh, we want to turn it into a Klingon bird of prey, which is actually really easy with the gullwings. Yeah. You know, so it'd be amazing to get into one of the big conventions like that. <laughs> Yeah. So in terms of then the coffee, what drew you to coffee? I know obviously we're talking about your experience of of shorter drinks, certainly like a Cortado. That was always my drink of choice. I was massively into cycling well before I got my own coffee shop. And it was, I think you're right, it's that experience. And for me personally, it was I wasn't filled up with a very milky drink, but the flavours that you get from a shorter drink and yes you can get you can get cortados from the likes of costa but you get when you start getting into the the more bespoke and more artisan coffee beans and and having everything dialed in right the shorter even the shorter milky drinks like a cortado can open you up what is it was it purely that experience around your coffee that provided you the inspiration to go down this route literally yes literally yes it was it was that sort of just light bulb moments um you know suddenly the taste of the coffee and from that you know it it got me to to taste other coffees that were out there and that just totally and utterly opened my eyes to the flavor profile on so many different coffees you know and i've i've come across coffees that are really nice I've come across coffees that are absolutely horrendous. And, you know, I've learned a lot more about the um, the industry, um, learned about how the big chains do it, to the small chains, to the artisan and everything like that. Um, and the more I the more I researched, the more I just wanted to get get involved in it. Now, how where do you source your coffee from for your business? What do you work with a big brand or is it more smaller roasters that you work with? So I got my coffee from the same guys um, that I got my uh, machines from. Um, 
and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them a quick plug. Uh, they're called The Coffee Guy, uh, based up north, and they are, seriously, their aftercare service and customer service has just been brilliant for me. Um, and <laughs> when I was sourcing the machines and still finding my way in what I was doing, honestly, I, I didn't really understand how much the grinder um, for the coffee is so important and how expensive they can be. So talking to them, they said, look, we've got this really good grinder, which is directly um, uh, direct beam to the uh, to the hopper uh, rather than grinding it and then leaving it to sit for a while. Um, and we'll give you a discount on it if you use our coffee. I was like, well, hang on a minute. I've got to taste the coffee first. So it popped up, you know, got all the machines. They brewed me an espresso, tried it. And I was like, my God, that is amazing. Where's it from? And it's actually from a um, little family-run farm in Sicily. And it's a mix of Arabica and Robusta beans together. Uh, and the difference is, is that it's wood roasted. So it's roasted over carom wood from the island, which just gives it this just stunning flavour. Absolutely stunning flavour. I was hooked the moment I tasted it. So that is where I get my coffee from. And have you ever, did you, is that the one you started with and have you stayed with that? I know it's, yeah, you've been going about a absolutely. year, have you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's such a different coffee to what I've had before. When I get a customer coming along um, and trying it, you know, I, I've honestly, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, but I've, I've had people turn around. One person said that it's given him goosebumps. It was so nice, <laughs> you know, and people will just pick up the coffee and go, my God, that's absolutely amazing. I'm like, yep, it is. <laughs> it is it's phenomenal the the difference and the range of, of the variety of flavors that you can get from just even just the beans and and durations of roast and temperatures. But then you add into the mix additional flavor profiles and like you say, over done over wood, and then you're interested. And it, every single coffee, to a certain extent, is very unique. And mm. this. It sounds like you've got one of those coffees. Uh, absolutely. I've never tasted anything like it before in any coffee shop I've ever been in. And I've been in quite a lot in my life, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and is that, that was the, the the coffee guy's coffee. Do they provide you, do you sell retail bags of that as well? Or is it just you purely use it as, as a, so, in your yeah, grind I mean, or in your coffee? That's something that I'm... Um, starting starting to do and yeah. um, they've said that i can um uh, put it into my own bags and brand it with my own brand um so i'm just trying to trying to get that going really trying to find the time and the money um to get that all labeled up but yeah hopefully soon i'll be able to sell the coffee beans um to uh, to people who want them so in terms of then you set up was that you said a year ago or just over a year in yeah. the middle of a pandemic how has that affected how has that affected how you've operated your business then from from the um, very first days so the very first days i was um <laughs> so once i got my van back um took a little bit longer than um was expected because obviously you know it's a, the very first one of its kind so there was different problems that kept coming up and i spent two or three weeks trying to perfect um the perfect coffee um, and finally, I just went, look, I've just got to get out there. So being ex-military, I popped down to um, the military barracks in Windsor, um, the um, Marriott patch, and just set up and had people coming along and did a pay what you feel like day. 
you know. Um, from that, I got a uh, phone call from somebody down in Aldershot, which is massive army garrison town. Popped down there. And of course, because the pandemic was, uh, the lockdown was starting to come towards the end, people couldn't go out to coffee shops. So my little coffee van was absolutely perfect. Um, so for the first few weeks of the business, it was fantastic. I'll pop down on a Wednesday and get loads of people coming out because it was, um, they were able to come out and get a coffee. There's definitely, certainly from, from a mobile point of view, you've, and given the restrictions there was for brick and mortar businesses, you've got an advantage there in a way that you're outside, fresh air. And like you say, it's a case of just setting up and, what was the feedback like? What did you get? Did you change a lot in those early days? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started off with just, you know, sort of me, the van, a tiny little table um, with pretty much coffee. Um, and then somebody said, oh, you know, we'd like some, um, you know, do you do any cakes or anything like that? And I was like, well, no, but I can. So did my, uh, you know, did my um, hygiene certificates online and then went and got cakes and stuff like that, started selling those, which then expanded into cold drinks. Um, and suddenly I've got a whole range of things. You know, somebody came along and said, oh, have you got peppermint tea? I was like, I haven't, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've got, you know, the absolute range of what you would find in a coffee shop, pretty much. You know, cold drinks, range of teas, um, cakes, muffins, uh, alternative milks, the absolute works. Um, and the setups evolved over the year uh, to be a bigger table and a bigger um, way of doing it. And now I can get set up within 30 minutes, wait for the uh, machine to get up to temperature, and I'm good to go. I think your approach generally to how you got going is a lot of people can very easily get stuck in that that stage of, I haven't got everything perfectly ready or anything like that. And like you say, from your point of view, you've just thought right get out there get in front of the customer get their feedback and their input as to what they want to see and you like any business and this is where where i try and get across to people certainly those that are trying to start out now is it's iterative it's not ever right you're done off we go it's changing day to day tweaking things making sure that you're getting yourself in that position where you're serving your customers in the right way. And I think you've certainly done it that way that you've gone, right, we're getting going and we're going to learn as we go along. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, no, and it's, it, it has been that iterative sort of way of finding out what the customers want, what, um, what works, what doesn't. So at the start, I was saying yes to everything. Um, if people were asking for crazy orders, you know, I was doing my best to try and accommodate them. Now, a year later, I've worked out that actually that's really stupid. <laughs> and that's not to say that the customer's wrong, obviously. Um, the customer is always right in matters of taste. Um, but I now know that, um, you know, I don't do things like extra hot because that just burns the milk. It burns yeah. the coffee. Um, I have had people walk away when I said I don't do extra hot. And I'm like, that's absolutely fine. That's your choice. You know, it's not a problem at all. Um, events and things like that. You know, I now know which events to go for, which events not to go for, which I'm going to lose. You know, back yeah. in the day when I started, I'd, I'd be doing ones and technically losing money just to try and get my name out there. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't want to do that because that's stupid for a business. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's it's that learning process, and it's still a massive learning process. You know, a year later, when um, still going. So what's it looked like from a growth point of view? How has it developed over that year? Um, yeah, so it's been it's been a very um, interesting year. Um, many many challenges, many challenges. My gosh. So obviously, you know, starting up a new business um, with pretty much nothing um, and trying to get going. Uh, I haven't taken a wage yet. So I'm just going to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's challenges I've had, you know, I've got, to be honest, I've got no business experience at all. So all the stuff that should be going on is, um, it's quite overwhelming at times. Um, and I'm still learning how to be able to cope with all of that and be able to get it all, all going at the same time. Um, finding places to sell and getting into places to actually set up the coffee van. I had wonderful visions of just rocking up anywhere um, where I live in Windsor and going, yeah, you know, here's some coffee. Um, and that was put on the kibosh straight away because of the um, uh, council and the um, street licensing fees. Yeah. Uh, so looking for places like markets um, to be able to, you know, have a nice steady income. Um, yeah, got a couple of those, but they're so up and down. You never know how much you're going to get on a market. And it all depends on weather, events. Coming into last summer, my head gasket and my clutch went on my van, which uh, was a, um, a massive knockback. Um, and it was like starting again from zero. Then you've got all the bills coming out. So there were months I'd be like, yes, I've got, look at, oh, wow, you know, I've got a nice, nice amount of money in my bank account. Oh, no, no, it's all gone. It's all gone again. All committed already. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know, and then uh, Christmas came along. December, I had so many things booked in. It was fantastic. And then Omicron started up, so everything got cancelled. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just been up and down. Start of this year, my coffee machine went bang. The um, dials, which show me what the uh, the pressure and the steam are like, that went bang. So I had to get all that sorted out. Yeah. Again, back down to zero, building her up. And then my engine went. Ugh. The whole engine, literally about a month ago. Um, and it's just been up, down, up, down, up, down. <laughs> But that's not to say that I haven't had a fantastic, fun year. Um, I've done so many events over this last year. I've done corporate events. I've done a Harley-Davidson 10-year um, anniversary for a showroom. You know, I was with Harley-Davidson's all day, and the noise was just amazing. Um, I've done uh, fates. I've done, um, you know, the bigger, th uh, bigger events like that. And I think my favourite one so far has been a Napoleonic reenactment weekend. Wow. You know? Yeah. But that's uh, the beauty been... of being these events. You can, and being so mobile, it's not like we've, like, we got approached a couple of times about doing outside events. And as a brick and mortar, we weren't set up for that. And there's so many opportunities that we could have taken, but we weren't in a position to. You're, and don't get me wrong there's different challenges obviously like you said with having a mobile business so it's not just the coffee equipment that goes wrong you've got the like you say the vehicle and the issues around that <laughs> and permitting and and bits and pieces like that but you have that ability to to go to all these diverse areas serving a diverse number of customers and hopefully that translates into future business because you're being exposed to new people different people all the time 
and absolutely absolutely you know and um it'd be very easy with all the uh, all the challenges especially the very large amounts of money i've just had to spend um to kind of give up you know to say well yeah. this isn't working and the way that i'm still going is over the last couple of weeks i've been booked in for several things over the summer including a, um, a large music festival at the end of uh, august and it's just fantastic that i'm getting these people just contacting me from seeing my social media or as you say word of mouth yeah um and it's it, it feels like i'm on the brink of really getting into the really getting into it you know really getting to the point where i can take a wage um yeah. and yeah you know when i when i first started up i did consider doing the old uh going around um, industrial estates you know doing many stops and everything like that but my van just isn't set up for that yeah. i need to be able to be in a place for two or three hours to yeah. be able to make the most of it and i had a chat with a couple of people who do that and to be honest that's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me not my sort of style you know yeah. i would rather be at a big event um, and interacting with my customers really well and yeah. i've got repeat customers i've got people who i can have a chat with I open their eyes to all that different coffee and all the, all the, all the different things that they just don't really think about when they're popping into uh, a coffee shop. And it's just, it's just brilliant. Now you touched on the difficulty, certainly from a mental point of view of how you deal with all these setbacks. How have you dealt with that? <laughs> so luckily I've got some um, ways I've got, I've got hobbies outside of, um, uh, the sort of business I always I always have so uh, one of my ways of dealing with it I do um, REF Air Cadets so I'm quite heavily involved with that um, and that's a wonderful place for me to um, just totally forget about all the troubles and everything like that and focus on something else um, and that usually resets me so to speak and gives me that boost to carry on um, and then I also do I also do air fix and aero modeling so, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I've done that since I was a nipper, but I'm able to concentrate just physically on that and just totally blank out everything else. And that's, that's my, that's, that's how I get rid of all the stress, all of that sort of thing, um, rather than letting it build up, you know, in, into my head. Yeah. And it's very important that because certainly in this line of hospitality generally whether it's mobile or a hotel even it, it's all consuming and it can do certainly all those issues that if you haven't got those and i'm going to say distractions and hobbies you can very easily ball it all up and it keeps basically turning and turning and wh whichever way you turn to just take your head away from that for a little moment even if it's an hour is hugely important. Obviously, we're talking at the end of what is the UK's uh, Mental Health Awareness Week, and mm. these sort of conversations, certainly in the coffee industry, wherever people sit, it's important that we focus on these elements where it is a tough business to work in, whether you're an owner or an employee. We have to collectively find ways that we can manage with the tough periods or anything like that that can make our lives better outside of what is work. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Um, and that's, I mean, certainly over the um, the working life of what I've been doing in aviation, that is something I've always been very, very big on, to have that 
extra thing outside of that to be able to just you know totally de-stress and use that as the way to to get um to get your mental health you know in order as much as possible i'm not saying my mental health is perfect my god not a chance um but it's such a help it's yeah. such a help and i think from a from a point of transparency and, and being honest about these conversations it's i i don't think many people are perfectly or in a perfect condition with mental health i think everyone is to some extent has their struggles and i know this is a little bit of a tangent on our conversation but i think they're really important things to discuss just generally oh, not even just in our industry massively absolutely massively yeah. i mean it's um it's such it's such a big thing such a big thing um you know i both me my fiance we deal we deal with it all, all the time with all the ups downs everything like that um, and I also deal with it with the kids um, and also my air cadets as well. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working with um, teenagers um, who are going through so much different things and everything like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of mentor um, to quite a lot of them and even had mental health conversations last night. <laughs> but, you know, and it's, some, it's something that needs to be talked about. It's something that the more we talk about it, the easier it becomes and the more sort of ingrained in society it becomes yeah. rather than an old-fashioned view of you know we just bottle it up and we never talk about that sort of thing and that's where the problems come from isn't it i know my oh, staff yeah. is it was very very open about it because if it isn't managed that's when it becomes a problem and from an employee's or employer's point of view if we can manage it earlier it causes us less issues people aren't off for as long a time they perform better in the workplace etc etc and more importantly our employees lives are better because of it absolutely absolutely and it's uh, yeah you know and I, I applaud you for doing that because a happy employee is one that's going to give you so much more back than someone who's just getting you know absolutely nothing yeah it's um it reminds me of an anal analogy with football um uh, I remember my dad, um, my dad telling me this a very long time ago, where you've got a football club who maybe are only getting half the gate in. You know, they've got fifty thousand seat stadium, you're only getting twenty five thousand people in, and they decide that they'll charge those people double to get the money in, rather than taking the money down to get more people in, and you still get the same money. You know, and it's the same with mental health. If you focus on that straight away, then your employees gonna that loyalty is gonna be there. Yeah, absolutely. So last year, sort of back end of last year, obviously Omicron came about and it, to be honest, the whole hospitality industry across the board bore the brunt of that, yeah. certainly around the busiest time of the year and maybe not so the busiest time of the year for you, but obviously did have an effect on you. How was your summer last year and how is this coming summer, which I can imagine is probably the biggest time of the year for, for you doing events, how are they comparing this year? Obviously, this year, less restrictions at the minute, and hopefully it stays that way. How do they compare year on year? So, um, yeah, last summer, um, there really wasn't a lot of other events going on. Um, there were a few, um, which, I, which I got in, and again, mainly sort of military ones because of where I was doing coffee at that point. Um, this year, uh, to be honest, up to about a couple of weeks ago, there wasn't a lot booked in for summer. And this last two weeks, it's exploded. 
last week I picked up five bookings in um, two days uh, you know, and it's suddenly going, oh, wow, look at all this stuff. Um, I've got um, various quotes out there. I've joined a couple of websites um, to be able to get onto those events. Um, and it's looking really, really good um, for the summer. Uh, a lot busier than it was last summer um, and hopefully a lot more uh, lucrative. That's what we all want. Every, everyone's business yeah, needs to be. <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got two years of catching up to it. I know some people experienced a bit of a jump in sales when we, people started coming back, but longer term we need to. Obviously, there's different things going on in the world now with cost of living going up, etc. But fingers crossed well, that's, that's us. We're heading towards a hopefully a, a boom for hospitality. Certainly this year, anyway. So the next sort of that's I mean, sorry, my 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 uh, my markets um, that I do. Um, they said that uh, back in the pandemic, of course, the markets were still open because that's people's livelihood. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were absolutely rammed because everything else was closed. <laughs> and there was a little bit of me that thought when Omicron came along, do you know what? If we go into lockdown, I've got two markets. So I don't really mind. <laughs> but but it, I am very, very glad to have yeah. these events that are piling up and they're all so different, so different. So the next 12 months then, what what are your plans? Obviously, you're waiting, wanting to take a, a wage from your business and hopefully by the end of the summer you will do. But longer term, are you looking to plan on carrying on doing, operating the, the truck yourself or are you thinking maybe there's a possibility you could go down the route of staffing it, et cetera? So I think in the short term for me, it's getting getting the brand a bit more out there yeah. um, and being able to do things like a website, blog, um, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, selling my own branded coffee. Uh, I'm partnering with um, somebody on my market at the moment to hopefully get some coffee scrubs, you know, for showers and everything like that yeah. with the used grinds and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's the short term next few months. Longer term, I'd love to get another two or three vans going um, in various different places, maybe a franchise route, maybe an employee route. I don't know which yet. Yeah. Um, the ultimate goal is to actually get my own coffee shop. You know, that was the original goal yeah. um, six or seven years ago, but the prices down here are just insane. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be just a coffee shop, um, sort of the same as all the other ones. Windsor is coffee shop. Well, it's literally coffee shops, to be quite honest now. <laughs> There's not really much else. And by and large, they're all the same. There's nothing that stands out in between them. Um, I quite like a coffee shop which has got books, which has got science fiction and stuff that you can sell by, you know, a kind of smorgasbord of um, completely different ideas all mashed into one. And that's that's the five five to ten year goal. Yeah. That's the approach I think a lot of people need to take now because when like you say, that the coffee has boomed, certainly the last sort of 10 15 20 years and the number of coffee shops that are about now it's very easy to fall into that similar like you say everything is very samey we've got to stand out now as individual businesses whether that's yeah. as independents and and what we stand for or what we offer our customers whether it's like you say books or down the route of some do games and bits and pieces it's got to add that element of difference in there to stand out from the rest of the crowd yeah absolutely because the customer um, you know the customer if they've always gone to costa or dare i mention 
no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to mention the S word because that's just oh, no. <laughs> but if if they've always gone to that sort of chain, they you know to try and get them into your um, into your little independent shop. There's got to be something different because otherwise they're just going to go to their chain. You know, and I have canvassed people about that when I was first setting all this up. Um, I went and did as many coffee shops as I could to taste all those different brands of coffee and noted down exactly what was going on. Um, even talking with a few of the owners of the uh, independent coffee shops and pointing out that they're exactly the same as the cost of down the road, what makes people come to them? Yeah. You know, and a lot of them did turn to me and go, oh, you think we are? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh. <laughs> so I'm also thinking, oh, maybe I should go into consulting. Yeah, <laughs> but it is it's important that that experience and if they're not aware of it it's important that they are because then mm. they can change it and like you say a lot of people don't want to certainly don't want to be like the big chains because <laughs> there's a reason why people go to other places rather than the, to them and if they're not aware of that and if they're given off a vibe that is very similar to that I'm pretty sure they would want to know so that they can change it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's that it's that weird thing. And I, I don't know if it's a British thing or whether it's just because of the way that, um, you know, business works. Um, but a lot of the independents like to be so independent that they don't really want to share with anybody else, yeah. if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, and to me, that approach is just a bit, it's a bit mad because all of us independents, we've got to support each other. And if I see, you know, and if I hear that somebody's wanting to set up their own um, mobile coffee, I'm more than happy for them to give me a call and I'll happily talk through them about all the pitfalls, all of the challenges, all of the great stuff. You know, it's not a problem at all. Whereas I do find a lot of people could tend to go, oh, no, 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 I can't tell you about this. You know, that means you'll be a competitor. And it's like, yeah, but... <laughs> At the same time, we've we've got to help each other. Yeah, we have. I think there is a shift now towards that slowly, I think. But in the past, you're right, it, it, there's very much a, you're a competitor. I don't want to share anything with you. Whereas depending on the situation, if one business does better, generally, certainly depending if they're close by, other businesses benefit from that. And Absolutely. Just even the fact that you're focusing on competing with someone rather than focusing on what's happening in your business and how you're doing it, it just pulls you away from focusing on what you should be looking at. On that subject then, how? what are some of the big, from a mobile point of view, what are some of the big issues and the big roadblocks that you came up across that you said that you maybe didn't expect or didn't see when you were planning everything out? What are some of the big problems? Um, so uh, the biggest problem was the um, um, street license. Um, all all the councils are completely different with what they want and how much they charge as well. Um, and the charge um, over here was astronomical. And when I got the information, it was basically you can have one position. I was like, right, so this this license doesn't give me the opportunity to go around streets or, you know, like an ice cream van yeah. to be quite honest and they were like nope one position i was like okay so what does this huge amount of money that i'm shelling out what what does it do 
You know, does it does it give me protection? You know, do I get a police escort? No. Does it guarantee me customers? No. But what the am I paying for then? <laughs> so that was a really big challenge at the start, yeah. which I've got round by going um, for private events and everything like that, because, you know, I'm not going to pay that money. Yeah. Um, the other one for me is being able to actually, was being able to get into places. Um, the amount of places that I emailed, that I would text, that I would get in contact with and say, hi, this is me, this is my van, would you like this, would you like that, you know, offering this or, you know, if you've got a market, you know, do, do you want me? And the amount of, nah, nah, or even complete silence, you know, and yeah. that's the other big one. Every single quote that I do on the websites that I'm on, if I do 20 quotes, I might get one person coming back to say, thanks, but we've um, gone with somebody else. Yeah. And that is soul destroying, absolutely yeah. soul destroying, because you have no idea if your quote's good. Yeah. You know, why Why they've said no. It's, ah, oh, it's the biggest frustration. Biggest frustration. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, I mean, I mean, those th those are the biggest challenges, apart from the physical challenges of the actual vehicle um, and being able to get all the stock and everything like that. Yeah. There's times I've gone to Booker and found they don't have the cups that I want, which is very annoying. <laughs> um, though, those have been my biggest challenges. And, of course, as it is with any business, keeping that money, keeping that cash flow so you can keep going. Yeah, always the always the difficult part, isn't it? It's massively. A lot massively. of people look at profit and loss and say, "Oh yeah, we're making a profit," but then you look at it from a cash flow point of view, and there's gaps between your peaks. And yeah, it's uh, another thing to to manage, and, and obviously something that we could go into in so much depth. Oh, but absolutely, yeah, Med. Listen, how can people find out more about you? Potentially book you for their events if if they need or looking for someone like yourself where can we find out more about you so at the moment um, i'm on facebook um make it so coffee limited um i'm on instagram um at make it so coffee um i try and be as active as possible um but i'm going to admit i'm not particularly social media savvy uh, i have i have got a friend who's mentoring me so hopefully that should pick up um, my email address is makeitsocoffee at gmail.com. You see a theme starting here with all the uh, contact details. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, I am available um, for pretty much anything. You know, I can do corporates, I can do weddings, I can do fates, I can do stalls. I can do absolutely anything. I can do it totally bespoke as well. So if anybody wants just coffee, not a problem if they want cakes not a problem if they want pastries not a problem at all you know i can work with people to be able to get exactly what they want um so yeah give me an email um get in contact with me through um facebook or um instagram that's the best way to do it at the moment listen med thank you very much for your time thank you for coming on the cafe hustle and sharing your experience certainly around from a mobile point of view it's uh it's really important to certainly for anyone who's thinking of going down the route of mobile first certainly a lot of people get into the industry that way they they start off with a mobile or a pop-up before getting in just like you're trying to do before they get into a, a brick and mortar so thank you very much for your time and for sharing your knowledge that's absolutely no problem thank you ever so much for having me um and can i just say one last thing that yeah. is and that is um something i have found 
throughout the business. Sorry, I've just literally remembered. <laughs> it's just come into my head. Um, is that a lot of people think that um, coffee out of a mobile coffee is just going to be weak and rubbish. And I say to everybody out there now, no, 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 no. You can get some really, really amazing coffee Absolutely. out of mobiles. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, like you say, it's it's all in the in the dedication and the skill in create. And obviously the equipment has to be right as well. You can't do it with just any old, any machine. You can you can't get that top quality coffee from that anyway but um yeah no it's there's no reason why you can't so listen med thank you very much and uh thank you for joining me on the cafe hustle no problem at all thank you for having me we've all been there trying to create our business management diary from scratch is really hard work and takes up a huge amount of your precious time with the pillar management diary you get an up-to-date customizable management diary delivered to your business every 12 weeks Head over to thecafehustle.com forward slash pillar, that's slash P-I-L-L-A for more information and to create an account with the code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your first year. And don't forget, with your free account, you get access to Pillar's online document library, which is a really valuable resource. Really enjoyed chatting with Med there about the challenges of running a mobile coffee business, something that a lot of people don't always get the experience of certainly i haven't had the experience of working in a remote or a mobile setting but i want to hear from you do you have a mobile element of your business is the challenges that you particularly know about that you've gone through and you want to share or even just to let me know i want to have a bit more insight into what happens in terms of the mobile coffee business so hit me up andy at thecafehustle.com let me know about your challenges i really want to connect with you but thank you again for joining me on the cafe hustle and i'll see you on the next episode